quick note before we start, we just want to welcome any new listeners that came to us by way of the Billy Joel Completely Retold Facebook group and offer a Willkommen and Tusentag to our listeners in Norway. Bienvenidos to our Spanish listeners. And also welcome our neighbors to the north in Canada and friends across the pond in the UK. And to our new American listeners as well. You're important. Good to, good to root for the home team, guys. We hope to build a nice community here as we journey through Billy Joel's catalog, and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail at 616-929-0313 or email us at carelesstalkpodcast at gmail.com. We'd especially love to hear from our international listeners about what Billy Joel means to you in your home country. If you can't give us a call, you can always record a voice memo and email it to us. Again, our email is carelesstalkpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, guess what? What? We have our first caller. No way! Hi, guys. Last week, I think it was, I was listening to your podcast and then watched Phoebe Robinson's Instagram stories, and she was at a Billy Joel show. Billy Joel looks nothing like Billy Crystal, which is what I previously thought. Who knew? Also, I had no idea that River of Dreams was a Billy Joel song. When I was a little kid, I was in my dance and, and, and did tumbling. And one of the tumbling routines that I did as like, I don't know, probably six, six years old, we like did the tumbling to River of Dreams. And at the time, I was like, this song is an absolute banger. But yeah, I did not know that was Billy Joel, which makes me think, what other songs do I not even realize are Billy Joel songs? Okay, that's all. Bye. First off, we also were watching Phoebe Robinson's Instagram story. I was amazed. Like, she was into it. She's into it. And um, there were this, there's just this, like, stone-faced older couple standing in front of her, like, just not at all affected by anything going on around them. It was just the funniest thing. Um, I don't so. know how you can be at a Billy Joel concert. And here's the thing. Billy Joel now, like, he doesn't care. Like, he's playing the hits. He is on a piano that spun around in circles. Spins around in circles. But he, he's he's playing the hits, but he's also just going like, look, I'm, like, almost 70. I'm going to play what I want. He's playing deep cuts. He's playing, like, Zanzibar. Yeah. Zanzibar. Honest to God, Zanzibar. He is playing what he wants to play. And you're at that concert, and you're just standing there stoically. I just, this is very upsetting. But also what the caller mentioned, who, by the way, sounds a bit she like... sounds a bit like Becca from the Bookstar podcast. Just a bit. Yeah, well, it's because she is. But this was not planned. This wasn't planned. This was an actual coincidence. And the show comes out this week. It came out this week. Great book review. You can find it where you found this podcast. Two episodes available. No pressure. No pressure. But it's Corinne's podcast. So if you're not totally tired of my voice and you want to hear me discuss books... Something I actually know about with a friend of mine. You can do that at the bookstore, wherever podcasts are sold. She also says, I didn't know that River of Dreams was a Billy Joel song. We're capturing hearts and minds here at the Billy Joel Careless Talk podcast. Is there a Billy Joel song that you didn't realize was a Billy Joel song? Like, for example, I didn't realize, like, I thought this was the coolest song, which we talked about in the preview. I thought... Still rock and roll to me was like the coolest song. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... I thought it was like an 80s punk band. Yeah. When you have no idea what punk is because you like live in West Michigan and it's, you know, you're 12 years old. Whoa, 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 whoa. People in West Michigan know what punk is. Yes, but we didn't. Okay. Maybe you and Sparta didn't know what punk was, but we had the Rock Harbor, which was the old Harbor Theater, converted to a teen rock club because those always go well. Oh, God. Usually someone gets shot. 
Rock Harbor, sorry, Rock Harbor, Rock Club, and Cafe. Because oh. you're going to be standing there at your rock concert getting a coffee. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, we had a club, and I can't remember what it was called. Club Revolution. Club Revolution. Someone got shot. They shut it down. Oh, yikes. I went Sparta, to it twice. Sparta's dangerous. That wasn't Sparta. That oh, was Grand Rapids. Right, that's okay. Sorry. This is Muskegon. So, uh... Yeah, no, I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a, uh, like a '80s pseudo punk band, you know, yeah, a Billy Idol type, yeah, like a pop punk. Yeah. So, do you have a Billy Joel song that you're like, whoa, that's Billy Joel? Well, and if you say, "Oh, what a night," because that's the Four Seasons, I'm gonna be very upset. A Billy Joel song that I don't know. Um, maybe Uptown Girl. Maybe okay, I you, would just like, yeah, I like that could. That could just as easily be like Holland Oats or like Hugh. That's Lewis. an inverse problem though. Like you don't realize that that's not a song from the fifties, right? With Uptown Girl, right. that's the interesting thing about Billy Joel. Uh, I do love that she mentioned River of Dreams because we're not the only people that love River of Dreams. Uh, you can't see the video. I'm sure you saw this on Twitter like a month ago. Uh, but here is everybody's favorite, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. I didn't see this. How did you not show this to me? Oh my god, Becca has to see this. That's Lin-Manuel Miranda. You can find it, just search Lin-Manuel Miranda River of Dreams on Google. Oh my god, look how adorable he is. He is holding that pause. He knows exactly when it comes in. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I can't wait till Lin-Manuel Miranda revives the Billy Joel musical. Oh yeah. No, he does an actual like rap Billy Joel yeah. musical. Yeah, about Billy, Billy Joel's Joel life. Musical. <laughs> I want that. You know, so now we've got two people. We've got two people on our vision board of this show to get on. We've got Phoebe Robinson. Phoebe Robinson and Lin-Manuel. And Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hamilton himself. Hey, Lin-Manuel loves podcasts. Really? I feel like we just have to somehow float this in front of his eyeballs and he'll be on it. All right. We've got... uh, (laughs) I'm mad that I don't know the exact number of albums, but we have at least 10 albums to get... Lynn manuel Miranda and Phoebe Robinson on this podcast. But the reason that we are here today, Careless Talk, that's what you heard about us, the Billy Joel Song by Song podcast, where we take you from the high to the low to the rest of the show. For the rest of my life. And I think sometimes I actually say that intro wrong, but that's okay. I'm your host, Josh Bordon. With me as always, Corinne Keener. To talk to you today about the fourth track on Cold Spring Harbor, Why Judy Why. This episode, we will be briefly touching on the subject of suicide and depression, and we will be discussing them again later in the season. If you ever need someone to talk to, the National Suicide Hotline is available 24 hours a day at 1-800-273-8255. We also have an international directory linked in our show notes. I never thought that I would need, need a friend, oh, but I did. In the end, tell me why, Judy, why. So that is as much of the song as you could get in a free preview on iTunes. Actually, less because we're you know trying to keep it within the realm. Of yeah. So you want to you want to hear the whole song? I do. So what what you need to do is you've got to get a time machine, set it to 1972, go to Staten Island, find a real gentle, quiet guy, and he's gonna play it for you because he's got feelings and he appreciates beauty. That guy's got a like a really important record. Like I don't know how much this album is worth, but 
like with all the errors and stuff, I'm sure it's worth yeah, at least twice as much as. Oh, well, I mean, it like he got—he knows a guy who knows Billy yeah. Joel, so like. Did he get the one that he threw down the street? Is that the same guy? Maybe. Uh, so maybe you don't have time to build a time machine. Like the time machine in town is just like yeah. is like bogged down right. with people like going back in time to kill Hitler. So um, you could just, I suppose, go to iTunes and buy it. That's that's a good choice. You know who would go back in time and kill Hitler? Billy Joel. Yeah. No, his family plagued by the Nazis yes. in Germany. So maybe you don't have time for that. You can you can go to iTunes or Google Play and purchase a song. In our show notes. In the show notes. And then listen to it. Listen to it. Come back. Come back. We'll wait. We'll be here. All right. So obviously the first thing you notice right off the bat in this song is it's... that there's a guitar. Yeah. Where that piano, man. So I've got an idea right off the top of my head what this song is. Are we on the same page? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Yesterday. yesterday. Exactly. Right? I don't want to use the word knockoff, but okay. So yesterday has a simple intro. It's just, it's just a little four beat pattern that's repeated, right? So... Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. I just, I, it cracks me up that like it's basically the same intro, except they're like, mm, let's not play the bass note until it comes around eight times instead of four. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. As opposed to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And yesterday is an F. This song? Just one half step up. It's not the same song at all. Just move it up a half step. Nobody will notice that this is yesterday. This is not yesterday. This is today. This is Got Billy Joel to tell you, Billy Joel. If I could notice that it was yesterday, you're doing something wrong. Or you're doing something right. That's true. Which we will get into. So, yeah. So we've we've faked out the audience. And I'm kind of curious about this. His voice sounds much higher in this song than it does in the other ones. So I wonder if this was originally recorded in F. Uh, and then, you know, when things got all weird and pitchy, they were just like, eh, let's make it F sharp. <laughs> make sure nobody notices. Of all the people in the world, it's an F sharp. It's very hard to play on the guitar. But they do, I mean, there's a pretty big difference. You know, yesterday is bounces around uh, the chords a little bit more, whereas YGDY is just a little descending bass line. Of all the people in the world. And it just, it's, you know, that sort of descending melody, whereas, you know, yesterday is just a little more. You still get that little descending here. Yesterday. All my, but then we go to, you know, another dominant chord moves around a little bit more. So there are some differences, uh, but both of the verses are, are both through composed. Something we talked about before with, with Gary Rue. So there's a lot of similarities here, musically speaking. Yes. Even lyrically uh, in the bridge. I mean, did you notice something with the lyrics at all? I in the did. Bridge? So Billy Joel's lyrics are about how it was wrong for, wait, okay. Oh, wait a minute. 
strong for her to hang me up this way. Yeah. And then oh, it's oh, what a scene. Oh, what a scene. Yeah. It's wrong for her to hang me up this way. In yesterday, it's the why she had to go. Yes, why yeah. she had to go. I don't know. She wouldn't say. Yeah, it just sounds very similar, and it's they're both directed yeah. specifically at the person. The song. And it's is like it. the same sentiment. I mean, it's it's, it's I flip flops a little bit into where they show up. But you get right because most yeah. of the song is about the person singing it. And how sad and awful right. they feel. And then that bridge specifically turns to... An open question to the audience. Well, not the, you know. Yeah, well, it's an open question to the audience, but it's also the first time they like really address uh, that person that left them or hurt them or, or whatever it happens yeah. to be. And that's part of a little bit of the AAB form. You know, an AAB form, if I may attempt to quote Sheila Davis, that an AABA song is the form that you use to express your feelings in a specific moment of time. And these are like textbook examples of that. You know, just like a guy sitting there, he feels lonely because yesterday I was so happy. And now today, which is the time period that I'm writing the song in, I feel so blue because she left. And why Judy Why is basically the same statement on the song. Something that we would do in our songwriting classes is when we would write a song, we would we'd have almost like a thesis statement. Like we would start, we would say to the class, for this project, I'm going to write a song about this. And I'm going to use this imagery in these things. And you could basically, it's like they were in the same songwriting class five, six years apart and use that same statement of intent for their songs. They're just like a scaffold of each other. Uh, so what's your hot take? We usually don't do hot takes at the end, but let's try it. What's your well, hot take? Okay, so you're saying, uh, what you just said was that like an AABA song mm-hmm. is sitting and writing the way that you feel right now. So the first time I listened to the song, um, and he he gets to the point where he's asking why Judy, why, and saying that she'd done him wrong and, and all of that. And oh, the, the one that really got me, I think, was uh, he's never asked for much before but now he needs more from you um and it just sounded so pathetically desperate that i wrote down in my notes i said judy don't owe you shit billy (laughs) (laughs) yeah he sounds a little whiny in this song like he does yeah and like uh i mean maybe it was just my mood that day but you know um like if judy is the one who done him wrong like this is like dude yeah and i also think you know a lot of times uh when we get real mopey we assume that we deserve something from people and we just we don't but then uh you were doing some research and you were listening to the definitive biography of billy joel whichever one that is the the fred uh scherer one yeah and we'll have uh, a citation in the show notes yes i heard something about a judy and I went and did a little bit of digging to find out who she was. Okay. Because, you know, sometimes songwriters will just use a lady name. Right. Here's another thing. Um, so Ben Folds had a song called Give Judy My Notice. And I think I heard this song around the same time that Ben Folds' song came out. And I just thought it was so cool that the two musical people that I most loved at the time both had songs about Judy. So I was like, maybe they hang out together. Maybe. They don't. Ben Folds is way more into Elton John than Billy Joel, which was a little sad to me. Not that I don't like Elton John, but both had Judy songs and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So um, I did a little bit of digging 
and what I found out, uh, it really changed my mind about how I felt about the song. And I don't think I've ever done like such a fast and like such a hard 180. Such a fast turn around, turn around. Billy Joel will sing you a song. No, I mean, I would. Yes, Angie, but that song is terrible. Um, All right. So what did you learn? And Judy is Billy's sister. Or more accurately, Judy is Billy's cousin, but she was raised as his sister. And it's a really, really tragic story, actually. Judy's mother, Muriel, uh, that's Billy's aunt by his mom, Roz, uh, had three children, and she seemed to have suffered from postpartum depression. So when Judy was just four months old, her mother died by suicide. Um and then after that, it didn't really get a whole lot better for her. It seemed like her, her dad wasn't really capable of caring for all three children. You know, she was just an infant at the time. So Judy went to live with their grandparents, their maternal grandparents. And at about three years old, she was taken in by Roz, who at the time was a single mother or essentially a single parent because Billy's dad was fairly absent as the 1950s. So that wasn't a typical family situation. And Roz really seemed to struggle um, to keep up with the Joneses and just possibly in mental health. I'm not going to say a whole lot about that because I don't need to cast dispersions on anybody. (laughs) Right. I think she might have, I think, had some substance issues. Yeah. 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 Murph, please. So, um... It seems like they had a, at least from Judy's perspective, they had a pretty tough upbringing. Um, And Billy and Judy became very close. And to this day, they describe themselves as brother and sister. So what I found after listening to the song again was that he was talking about two different women in the song. Okay. Uh, So there's Judy. That's the one place he can go when he cries. And then there is her, the one that hung him up this way and broke his heart. And so he's turning to his sister to help him with his grief of of having that relationship end. And I think there's something in that that I find really beautiful. After learning a little bit of the history, I can see like a little boy and his sister protecting one another in a world that they didn't necessarily fit into. And Judy still doesn't necessarily owe him anything. But the relationship he's calling on here is different than what I had heard the first time when I listened to it, you know, where I just assumed he was looking for a woman to explain to him why she left. And, yeah. You know, she, there's, there's only so much you can get from that. She, I mean, she doesn't owe him anything other, you know, than the sibling unconditional love. Right. Which, yeah, it makes it a much sweeter song. It is. You know, I, this is... Uh, I mean, you don't think of... Uh, you don't necessarily think of a young man writing something that's... I mean, it's not a love song to his sister, but it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that like she can she can help him through this, and I think that's really sweet. Yeah, you never really, uh, you know, in a Billy Joel song. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be proven wrong later, but you don't really get a whole lot of sense of the audience. You know, you just think of a very general audience, and I think this is one of the few Billy Joel songs, at least uh, off the top of my head. That, you know, he has a specific person that it's addressed to that's, you know, that it's not a love song that he is speaking to a specific person, um, you know, in in kind of, you know, this is a very much, you know, a diary song. I mean, in, in Vienna, you know, it's not a love song and he's speaking to, you know, a specific young person. But this this is a very personal Billy Joel song that is outside of the love song. And I think that's just really, really interesting. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things and in, in maybe something that that 
possibly makes it a little bit weaker is the fact that unless you know that history, uh, it's kind of impossible to know that Judy is not right. Yeah, the when woman I, that broke his heart. Growing up hearing this song, like, and I, I empathize with this song so much. Like when he gets to that line of a man my age is very young, so I'm told. So why do I feel so old? Imagine like 14, 15 year Uh old me just being like, oh, I have broken up with my middle school girlfriend and this was a huge mistake and I am never going to love again. Yeah. You know, like that, that... This this song, I think, shaped a lot of uh, horrible old man cynicism inside of me. Well, and also, I think... Had bring, I known the actual story, though? You bring up that yeah. line, which I also wrote about. It was like, a man my age is very young, yeah. or so I'm told. So why do I feel so old? It's just... Uh, it's such... it, stretch, it stretches the lyrics to fit. It does. Yeah. It does, but also it's said in like this inverted way that is exactly the way that a young person tries to speak Trying to, to sound smart yeah yeah no and i i did i can think of like an exact moment in a songwriting class where i don't want to say i had like it was not the word duff but like i was trying to fit the syllables that i knew that the melody had dictated that uh-huh. i needed to fit and i was like you know if i invert the syntax a little bit half really works well here right yeah you know and it's it's just one of those things where you if you get into kind of the rules of songwriting a little bit which i think is a very good thing for uh any songwriter but particularly you know a young songwriter starting out um you can sometimes get locked into it a little bit too much and go okay to make this easy to sing to make this understandable i have to fit all these syllables um you know and you can fudge it, you know, if you can, you can sing something over two notes. But yeah, if you've got basically a line that is half the length, you're like, crap, what am I going to do? And that definitely, there are a couple of lines in this song that sound like that. I've got to stretch this out as far as I can. Yeah. But it is, it's a really nice song. And I really like the bridge has some really interesting harmonic things. And I'm going to move to the piano because it'll be easier to do this. So the bridge has this great descending chromatic and dominant bit. Uh, the bass line is a bit more or less chromatic, walking all the way down to F, which is our our home chord, our one chord, our tonic, if you will. So kind of like last episode, we talked about half steps. Like, it's that same sort of thing. It's all just the closest note. Um, so in the bass line, we get this, this chromatic bass line for the most part. Uh, starting from D sharp. Get some whole notes in there eventually. And in the right hand, uh, the movement is very small. It's pretty much all chromatic, uh, at least to start with. So we start in D minor, and then we just go down a half step in the bass. We get to this D natural diminished, which might actually be C double sharp because, you know, screw me, right? And that's interesting because that's the leading tone of the D sharp minor that we just played. It's the seven of that key. We're borrowing that. This gets a bit Beethoven-y. Pretty much all of the notes. Like they all just move one half step into each other. Then we go down another half step in the bass to C sharp, which we could go home from here. We could go, we could do this. We go here to this D till we get to the C sharp. And it sounds like we could just go home back to our, our F sharp. But it's kind of funny, 
if I may overanalyze the song, it's like Billy Joel, the composer, knows more than his narrator. Uh, he's basically saying, oh, I can't go home this way. She has hung me up this way, and now I can't take the same way home. I can't find the same way to comfort. So we have to weasel around. So we're at this C sharp. We want to go home, but we can't. So where do we go? We go down another half step in the bass. We're playing a C in the bass, which I guess is actually a B sharp because I hate this key. And we play and we play E sharp 7, which seems like where else can we go from here? So we're not going to be so much chromatic, but this E sharp 7 is the 5 of A sharp. That sounds like it could be home. Almost, yeah. Well, you know why it sounds like it could be home? We just play this E sharp, which is the 5, the dominant chord of A sharp. That's the leading, if this were home, but it's not actually home. We're, it, we're pretending for a moment that it's home, but then we move down in the bass one whole tone again to G sharp, which gives us an unstable C sharp seven, and then we finally get to go home. It's a pretty crazy progression. It's very bizarre, but I love it. And I think my overanalysis still stands. He realizes he can't go home that way anymore. He's got to go a different way. Very good. Did you catch all that? Uh-huh. In my analysis of that, I found uh, another similarity to another Beatles song, maybe not as strong before, but the song is for no one, which you should buy on iTunes. No sign of love behind the tears, cried for no one. Should have lasted years. You want her, you need her, and yet you don't believe. Do you hear that? Do you hear that similarity? Yes. Kind of, you know, it says that same walking bass line. Of all the people in the world. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting about this to me, I guess, is just that I came into this project just really trying to play up the snark as much as I could because I just figured that was my role here um and yeah it was one of those things where I really did not expect to have him humanized so much because I mean I what I know about Billy Joel right yeah is like he's kind of a womanizer yeah you know and he's yeah. You know, for whatever reason crashed some cars yeah. and a great musician and I you know none of this I you know at least yet has yeah. you know taken away from from his, his so not that like everybody's got baggage not that that means that i thought he was a terrible right. person or whatever but you know you get a song like this and you go oh this is a this is what like a 22 year old yeah. who is you know complaining about a woman ruining his life yeah. and and then also he wants her to answer all these questions yeah. for him and you know like he's he's talking to his big sister saying like why why do i have to hurt why yes. does everything have to hurt yeah. yes and it is yeah and that's it really something is something that, humanizing yeah I, that's something yeah. that anybody can relate to yeah and it's just a much more pro- appropriate person to take those concerns to right <laughs> than, uh, than the girl who's like please leave me alone <laughs> yeah please billy <laughs> billy we talked about this i'm gonna have to talk to a judge yeah. if you keep coming over it's done yeah 
So not the conclusion you would have first thought, but this is certainly the conclusion to this episode. Join our discussion from the beginning of the show. What songs did you not realize were Billy Joel songs until years later? Give us a call at 616-929-0313. Or send us an email and or voice memo from your smartphone to carelesstalkpodcast at gmail.com. And to all those uptown girls and innocent mans out there, thanks for listening. See you next time. Sing this note. You could do that one too. I thought that note that I was just singing was the one that you were singing. So you see how this is a problem for me? Shit. Hi, Murph.